Underdog Collectibles is an online shop run for collectors by collectors. Join them every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night as they break new products, talk sports, and hopefully you'll pull a great hit to add to your collection. Visit them at www.udogcollect.com and tell them Wax Pack Hero sent you. Remember, always bet on the underdog. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. I like to say that I combine both the hobby and business sides of collecting, And often when I cover those topics, it's from the perspective of the business side of collecting as a seller, as somebody who's buying and selling for profit, trying to generate a self-sustaining hobby, or maybe even make a little extra money for you to use for your everyday life. Today, though, we're going to be talking about the business side of the hobby at a much broader scale. Over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of talk about the PSA sale And that got me thinking about the hobby business in general. And there's a variety of different types of businesses within this hobby. And I was thinking about that and trying to figure out if I could own one of these hobby-related businesses, what business would I want to own? And so I put out a poll on Twitter that we're going to be talking about for most of the episode that asked all of my followers If you could own a hobby business, what hobby business would you own? And so that is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to get into the detail of that via a conversation with Ivan Lovegren at Watch the Breaks is probably how you may know him, Um, but he's got a great business mind as well. And so I wanted to bring him on the show and have a conversation, break down that poll, break down some of the responses to that poll and talk about the pros and cons of a variety of hobby businesses and the pros and cons of owning one of those hobby businesses. So with that, I'm going to bring in Ivan. All right, everybody. I have Ivan at Watch the Breaks on the line, and we are going to talk a little bit about this Twitter poll that I put out a few days ago last week. It says, which company would you rather own and bonus points if you respond with why. And I said, would you rather own a card manufacturer, Ultra Pro, Beckett, or PSA? And Ivan and I are going to kind of break it down, break down the results, talk about some of our preferences and what we think about why we might want to own one of these companies. Ivan, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you, Mike. It's great to be back here. Uh, Always wonderful talking to you in person. Uh, I don't know. I've said it before. I will say it again. You have the best voice in all of sports card podcasting. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's good to have you back on. I think May, April or May or something like that was when uh, you were last on the show, getting a little bit of your background, talking about some things going on. But I, I, when I think of people who have somewhat of a business mindset, when it comes to the card world and thinking about things of, from a perspective of people who have a, a day job and, and their full-time career is not in the hobby, 
but have a good business sense about hobby related topics. You were the person that I thought of. And so I wanted to bring you on the show. So I hate to disappoint you, <laughs> but uh, I thought I was just on because it, I didn't actually respond with why. So you were curious. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's the trick. Don't respond and you might actually get called on the show um, to get bonus points in person. But, uh, but it's funny though, that you say that because I'll, I'll, when I give my answer and dive into it, there's actually more emotional reasons for my answer, I think, than business reasons I can and share. And that's fine. Because so. one of the things that I did when I asked the question, I didn't set a parameter. I didn't say you had to think about it from a profit perspective or a business perspective. I left it a little bit open to interpretation to see what the whys would be when people responded with the whys. And so let's, I'll start by just breaking down the responses. So which company would you own? Bonus points if you respond with why. And the choices were a card manufacturer, Ultra Pro, Beckett, or PSA. And the winner of the poll, if you haven't seen it, is PSA. And they won with 36.4% of the votes. Second place was card manufacturer. Third was Ultra Pro. And bringing up the rear was Beckett. So just curious, Ivan, what was your, your response and why? So I am in the second level. I voted card manufacturer. Uh, you glossed over this, but it was, it was still pretty close. They weren't a distant second. They were 31.9%. So only 5% off of the, uh, the number one. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I voted card manufacturer and then I didn't throw a Y up there. So um, it was really just a gut reaction. And I read a lot of the comments too, because I, I did retweet the poll twitter.com slash the Mike summer S O M M E R for those of you listening. And so I did see quite a few responses and I will say the smartest response. If you're purely thinking money, I would agree is ultra pro quite a few people said that easier, less drama, which is Midwest for drama, mm -hmm. you know, very straightforward products. And there's always a demand for them, whether it's a hobby boom or whether, you know, it's, it's, you know, an investment boom or whether it's just a hobby, you know, people buy the products. Uh, some of the easiest money I've made during the pandemic was I jumped in um, middle of the summer and bought a number of cases of card savers and posted them on eBay at a semi-ridiculous promoted listings cost, in fact. And people were buying them, you know, people were, so, so I was paying eBay a bigger fee in order to get the eyeballs and people did, you know, were buying them and it, I was totally fine. It was easy. Didn't get any returns. Didn't get a single return off of, I believe about 200 sales. So yeah, easier, much less stress. But again, I voted card manufacturer because I just voted with my gut, voted with my instincts. When you say own, I think control, I think fun, I think being involved. And it excited me more than any of the others to think about, um, you know, some of the events I've been to, the NFLPA rookie premiere, you know, the, the, um, the national, the things that I've seen tops do at the all-star game and upper deck do at the all-star game. Um, and even the things that I see from the smaller companies, uh, you know, Brian Gray has a pretty fun life. It looks like running leaf, you know, 
chasing down agents, getting deals, doing signings, you know, with celebrities and chasing new properties. Parkside Cards. Do you follow Parkside, Mike? I don't. I don't think I do. Ah, so Parkside's emerging in this space. They produced the Big Three set last year that was available at retail. The Big Three was a, a semi-pro basketball league with quite a few former NBA players that were part of it. Yep. Um, they recently produced a, uh, I believe it was a, the either lacrosse cards. Um, they've got the Women's Soccer League, the American Women's Soccer League, and they just released or pre-released, I'm not sure which, but a, um, a vintage set of some of this year's top baseball draft picks in corresponding Negro League attire as a tribute to the Negro Leagues. And they did license that. So money from those sets is actually going to the Negro League Baseball Museum to continue that legacy and that story and awareness of you know what these players today are benefiting from the work of the pioneers of the past. So anyways, long story about Parkside, free plug there, check them out there. They're pretty cool. But I just think about that, like that's so fun to create a product that has a story. You know that I like stories. You know that the relaxed, easy making money is not necessarily my nature. We all like it, but my nature is like chasing the stories, chasing the new thing running after new ideas, seeing what the public responds to, enjoying seeing what the public responds to. So my gut was just, yeah, card manufacturer, get in there and do it versus some of the others. I think that is exactly the response or the perspective that most people had who responded with manufacturer. I think they did so because of the fun side of it and that they weren't necessarily looking at it from kind of that pure business perspective or the profit potential or some of those types of things. Mm -hmm. And that's the perspective that I had. I was taking it more from that business perspective. Which of these would I rather own both from a profit and kind of a risk reward perspective? And I think that's kind of why I would have chose Ultra Pro. I didn't get to vote because it was my poll, but Ultra Pro or a supply manufacturer would have been my vote. Because like you said, people are always going to need supplies, whether you're buying brand new product, whether you're buying older collections, whether you're just refreshing your own collection that you've already got. People are always going to need supplies. It's easier to adapt to the market whether that is changing a size, whether that's adding a new version of a page or a holder, or whether it is even moving from a card product to some other collectible supply. I think those supply manufacturers have that opportunity to do that. So even if cards fall out of popularity with this current peak that we're in, there's still going to be a market for supplies and an opportunity to differentiate your product line um, there's a few people that commented on on why they would have chosen Ultra Pro 2, and it was things like fewer customer service issues. It's much more straightforward and that type of thing. And, and so I think that is, is why I would have chosen Ultra Pro. Now, at the same time, depending on what you're going after, supplies are also boring and they're also <laughs> under the radar. It's not as glitz and glamour as a card manufacturer. Like, like you want to know what about. I was doing with these. I know they can't see them. Right. Card saver one box is what you're showing. So 
yeah, card saver one. So there's 200 in a box. If you open it up, there's four packs of 50. Now, I didn't realize how heavy these were when I ordered them. Sure. The boxes show up and I'm like, crap, these are going to cost 20 bucks to send, you know, a box or two boxes. And then looking at the markups, yeah, they're marked up right now, but it wasn't that crazy. What I found out was that for some reason, a 10 pack sells for four times margin wise, what a 50 pack sold sells for. Wow. So there's no such thing as a 10 pack, but I advertise them as 10 count, split them up using graded, uh, graded card, uh, sleeves. Sure. And sold them by, by 10 and was charging, making, selling, making 92 cents a card saver on them. And people were very happily buying and leaving good feedback, but it was absolutely boring doing that with 200 card savers with no pictures on them of men in uniforms and balls flying through the air. What I found interesting about this was I, I, I looked quickly. So this may not be down to the exact percentage, but I looked quickly at the category of responses of the people that selected why. And there were more people that provided a reason for choosing ultra pro than any of the others, even though that finished third in the polling. And so it was interesting to me that people felt the need to explain themselves when they, when they picked ultra pro versus the others and a lot of the reasons that I outlined were some of those things that 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 came up um, when manufacturer got the second most comments, and that was around 21. So almost a third of the the comments, which pretty much matched the response rate, um, kind of provided a reason for for card manufacturer. And most of that was again because they were thinking from that same perspective you were of it would be fun to own this. It would be fun to to be able to research design. And get these products in the in the hands of customers, and 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 that's kind of where they went. It was interesting to me that the winner PSA, there were only nine or maybe ten people who responded or gave a reason on why they would choose PSA. They just didn't get the same response rate, even though that won the vote. Yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now, and I've gotten like halfway down, and I haven't seen one PSA. Uh, oh, just saw the first one on my screen. It's a KBO Collections who says PSA, of course, so I could get well paid for my opinion. <laughs> yep. Also remember, if you're listening, see, Mike would never do this, but it's in my nature. You know, go, even if you're listening now, it won't be featured on the podcast, but you can still go to twitter.com slash the Mike Summer and find that tweet and respond. I'm going to bookmark the tweet and go back to it in a week or so after this airs. I chose PSA because it is like a funeral home. People will keep coming. That was <laughs> at Camden's Gone Yard. Um, so there's there's a few ones though on the manufacturing one that uh, th there's two I want to highlight and then ask sort of your opinion, Mike. Sure. Um, the first one is uh, Nick Ravel three one seven says Upper Deck Sports if they were back in producing NBA NFL cards which has an implication to it. And then also um, nice hit cards who says surprised to see card manufacturers get so many votes. They will be the first to get squeezed when license costs go up. 
Now, part of my reason is I understand, or, or sorry, I've, you know, I'm smarter than everyone. No, um, <laughs> I just know uh, between, uh, I didn't mention them earlier, but like Lance at Onyx Authenticated, the team at Parkside Cards, Brian Gray, I've seen enough of even non-licensed manufacturers to think that would be a fun company to own. How much do you think though, that whole idea of, do I want to manufacture if they're not the baseball manufacturer? You know, do I want to be a small manufacturer? Do I want to be stuck with just the one license or something of that nature? How much do you think that that swayed the vote where card manufacturer is not the first thing you think of because of exclusive licenses versus access to every sport? I think it made a big difference for some people. I know it did for me. You know, when I thought of, when I thought of owning a manufacturer, at first I was like, yeah, that would be cool. And then I thought about the hassles with licensing. Then I thought about all of the complaints that we always see with manufacturing and getting the products actually made and packaged and ready to be sent out. And then you think about acquiring all the autograph and relic content. When I talked to DJ from Panini a few weeks ago and he shared that they are pulling together and getting into packs 7 million autographs a year, plus all of the relic content and all of those types of things. And the, and the fact that they don't control any of that, they're up to those athletes to respond and send those things back. When you think about the customer service issues that they have to deal with because they're the face of all of that. And the fact that from a business perspective, if cards start to fall out of favor or we start to see a pullback, they're the full, the first brunt of that impact. If the market turns from a pure like business perspective, that's a lot of headaches for me to want to take on that more than offset the fun of what it would be to be the ones who are designing those products and getting them into the hands of collectors and continuing this decade century long tradition and hobby that that we're a part of. And so for me, those were some of the cons that that outweighed the pros that would come from primarily being fun to be the manufacturer of the cards. I can appreciate that. Should we shift our attention to the runt of the litter? Yeah, let's do it. Beckett, um, I assume, is, is what you're referring to here. Yeah, only 8% of the vote. Um, so another quick, quick hit question. How much of that do you think is because people only think of Beckett for grading? And so is Beckett versus PSA? Well, I'd rather own PSA. I think it's because I would have said it's primarily because people still anchor Beckett to a price guide. And the, the biggest hit on Beckett, I think right now, is that people view them as a price guide supplier as, as out of date you know, irrelevant in the era of real-time eBay prices and those types of things. I don't think it's because they only viewed them as a, as a, a grader. I think it's because they only viewed them as a price guide supplier. Interesting. Yeah. I'm looking, there are a few people that have voted for Beckett. Jack from San Diego voted for Beckett because they've been around for years and grading is sought after. Whereas Rebel Base Card does point out that it's looking at and charting the industry. Again, though, I'd also argue, I think one of the one of the saddest shortcomings for me as a person who loves data 
especially past data and consumer responses, is that that's not been digitized. Like they could, if Beckett went back and created a very accurate historical look at what their prices were and why, they could put every other chart company out of business. Or if they'd done that from the beginning, the other chart companies wouldn't even exist. Yeah. So I'm almost curious because the other, the uh, Jeffrey Seltzky said E, com C, check mark. And I know that you use a few online marketplaces pretty, pretty much. Um, your response was if you could have had a fifth option, online marketplace was going to be it. Looking at the results, do you think that if you did this poll again, or maybe you should when this podcast comes out, you would replace Beckett with online marketplace such as ComC, Starstock, et cetera? That might be a good idea just to see kind of what happens. One of the reasons that I like Beckett as an option is because of how diversified the company is. Now, they may not be taking full advantage of that diversification, but they are a price guide. And you can argue with their marketing and their pricing of both the, the physical magazine as well as the online price guide. Personally, I would subscribe to the online price guide if it wasn't so expensive. I think there's room to explore there, their current customer base and how many more customers they could have if they adjusted the price point. But they do have the price guide. They do produce content and they are well-respected for the content that they produce. They've got grading. They're now branching into supply and providing supplies. They've got partnerships with collectible insurance. They've got off autograph authentication, and they do have the Beckett marketplace. Now you could argue on how well they're executing on some of those things, but from an overall company perspective, the markets that they do play in, they are well diversified within the hobby. They're not a, a single stream, single dependency type company. And so I was a little surprised they were only at 8.8%, but I think it's partially because they're not, people don't necessarily think of the full range of products that they offer. It is interesting. And I've actually, I'm a little curious. Do you know, is it a partnership with collectible insurance or is that just in support of their parent company? Beckett's uh, owned by Eli Global. Yeah. Collectibles Insurance is owned by one of Eli Global's many insurance firms. Um, as far as I can tell, I could I could technically be wrong with that. That's a whole that's a long conversation for another day. Trying to follow the roots of uh, overseas companies becoming non-overseas companies and right. all of that with them on the insurance side. Long story long, probably said too much already, but I've been under the impression that it's an Eli Global subsidiary as well. Right. And that's what I meant more of not that they themselves owned it, but they've got partnerships, they've got business arrangements, they're, they're, they've got relationships there that expand their offerings, their arrangements, their um, ability to market products. So you're telling me you're not going to do the poll again, replacing them with a ComC or a Starstock? I might, I might, I might switch things out a little bit. I think there's a lot of different angles that you could take here from breaking down the card manufacturers, breaking down the supply manufacturers, whatever it might be. But I think marketplace would, is something that's extremely valid. Okay. Well, very, very cool. I, I like getting that take from you. Um, 
honestly, I'll bet you if 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 marketplace had been on there, I might have voted for that because I have so much fun with that side of it. Now that I'm looking at it, um, I do like uh, it's worth a highlight. Really real Josh B said PSA so I could design a proper horizontal grading case. That, that is valid. What were some of your favorite uh, jokes or just like observations? A little out of the norm. There's a couple of people that's, you know, that specifically called out again that they would love to buy Upper Deck. I thought that was cool. You know, the people again that that chose manufacturer, there were things like because they'd be able to attend amazing events, meet some of the signers, help procure relics. Again, focusing on that fun side of, of the hobby. I thought that was interesting to me. Having free reign of designing cards. All of those types of things for manufacturers, I thought, were, were interesting. A couple people, you know, you could purely tell or truly tell they weren't focusing on the business side. Um, Cyclone Pack Ripper said, because I would make prices affordable for everyone, whether it's hobby or retail product and hobby shops selling retail blasters and megos, megas, they'd be yanking their license to sell or carry any type of sports products. And you could tell that was from a, a passionate person who was not necessarily thinking about the, the pure financial aspect of things. But, you know, I was just glad, you know, people felt so passionately about the question and that they had put some thought into why they would want to even own one of these, these companies. Yeah, it definitely went trending, definitely got some fantastic responses you know, there's some I want to argue with right now on the air, which is unfair because they're not here to defend themselves. <laughs> right. Um, right. You know, but and that's that is part of my business mind. I think that's probably why you had had me on. Like even that last one we just heard, uh, we would all love that. How do you do that? Yep. You know, how do you keep the uh, you know, we've been blaming the sneaker head a lot in the hobby lately, Mike. Um, I've been seeing that thrown around a lot. Something that nobody's talked about, though, which I feel is very close to as as much of the same behavior is the former garage sale, estate sale, uh, thrift store buyer flip. Right. Because now with COVID, at least in you know most of Southern California, you're not seeing garage sales every weekend. You're not seeing estate sales. So there were people before COVID who their entire job was that. How many of them have become target squatters or, you know, gone online and figured out the systems for that? Um, so I don't like saying sneakerhead because I think that it's, um, you know, underrating a lot of other people that are also doing it. But how do you, if you just lower prices and yank hobby shops licenses, if they inflate them, how do you keep people that have too much time on their hands from just buying up stock and doing the same thing? One of the things I want to make sure we hit on is, is PSA. We haven't really talked much about PSA yet, yet they won the poll yeah. with a little over a third of the responses. Like I said before, they had the lowest number of people who gave a reason of why they would want to have PSA. But I would have to think it's because of the super hot grading market like it or not, I don't, but like it or not, <laughs> grading is 
the name of the game right now. It is, we, it is hot. People love to get their cards graded. Was that this morning or uh, was that yesterday? There's been a couple over the last week or so of uh, a tweets and other comments that I've made about, about grading. I mean, uh, as a pro, they do serve all brands, all sports, all manufacturers, but as a con, it's super labor intensive. It's hard to find the skills that are needed to do a good job with it. At some point, it's going to be commoditized, and there's going to be a point where the quantity of graded cards decrease the specialness of them. And so I, I think this it's a real interesting pro and con right now of if it's currently hot, does it have the same staying power as that we see with, with uh, a supply manufacturer or, or a Beckett, something like that? Um, but at the same time, Beckett is a direct competitor, but got a fraction of the choices or of the preferences that, that PSA got. What are your thoughts on, on PSA as an option? Um, so I think, and especially looking at the few responses we did get to that, sorry, we... <laughs> I'm just going to invite myself onto your tweet now, Mike. Um, but looking at the responses, a lot of them were problem solving oriented. So I think part of it is that uh, a lot of collectors, you know, think that, well, and I can solve that problem. And that's a fun challenge. Taking something that already seems pretty profitable, but also only having one challenge to really solve. So, you know, with the card manufacturers, like we mentioned, license. Well, you could own a card manufacturer, but you're stuck with your least favorite sport, you know, or something along that nature. Plus, you've got the customer service issues. Plus, you've got the packout issues. Plus, you've got the manufacturing issues. Plus, you've got redemptions. Plus, so I think that there is something a little simpler about being in one silo with PSA for people reading a tweet to say, like, yeah, you know, it'd be nice very profitable, very lucrative, seems like, but it's also in a silo where I feel like I could really implement some very specific changes and, and take it from, uh, you, you know, just in psychology, whether it's economics, charitable donations, whatever it is, people love closing the gap. If you show somebody that they're at 20% and they got to get to 100, they're much less likely to take action. Whereas if you show somebody that they're at 80%, they're a lot more likely to budget to make that next 20 or cut back to make that next 20 or give more to make that next 20. So I think that maybe that's the economic principle or even the, the psychological principle here is on a level playing field, PSA feels like there's one or two problems that a lot of people think they can solve easily or at least not even easily, but one or two problems to solve versus maybe with a manufacturer, you're looking at six or seven or eight. All we need is a proper horizontal grading case and we're good. That's right. Horizontal grading case <laughs> and, and all of PSA's problems will be solved. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of the, the bump that they got is, you know, I put this out right during the week where the, the buyout or the purchase agreement of PSA came out too. So PSA was definitely top of, of mine for a lot of people. I, I think that's interesting. I'd love to see you try it again. When is this supposed to air? Is this like a, a month from now delay? This will probably days? be actually, I want to put this out timely. So I think this will be um, next week. So around the 15th. Okay. So for those of you listening next week, this will be out 
on the air. Or it will be out today because you're listening today when it's out. (laughs) Yeah, not have dad jokes. Um, Yeah, so I think it'd be fun. Maybe today, uh, we're recording this on uh, Tuesday the 8th. Maybe today do a similar poll and then do one the day it comes out and track the result. Maybe say grading company instead of PSA and then say like media company instead of Beckett, you know, I don't know, but, but I'd love to see a few iterations of this so that at least the listeners and myself on Twitter uh, can go and sort of see the evolution of thought process, Um, you know, and whether it was just that PSA was really hot at that moment or that people still feel the same two weeks later. Yeah, I think that would be good. I'm interested to see how that evolves. Definitely working in online marketplace as as one of the choices would be interesting to see uh, where things go. I think there's a lot that that goes into this, and I I just enjoy the brainstorming or the the thinking about the what if scenarios. What would I like about it? What would I hate about it? And I think other people do too. I think it's it's one of those fun things to to brainstorm about. I think the comments. I'm interested to see as people read through the comments. Does that influence what they would have responded to in the next poll or the next iteration of it, bringing up topics or things that they hadn't thought of uh, that say, yeah, maybe that that's a good point. I'm not sure that I would want that. Or yeah, that's a great point that I would like that better. So yeah, I think maybe I will uh, put out a few iterations of this just to see how things progress. So not only do that, but then we need a website dedicated to tracking poll results over time that we can reference back. We'll call it card poll ladder market invest check out. And we'll, we'll just make this a whole like card polls will be a whole thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a card polls Twitter account, but this will be a whole thing dedicated specific to this. To tracking over time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so if anybody out there wants to volunteer to take on that responsibility and, and join in the fun, send me a message at the Mike Summer. I'm happy to have that conversation and we can see where this goes. It's called an internship. That's You'll, right. A, a should Wax be Pack Hero internship. <laughs> um, but actually in all seriousness, I love, I love what you said though. And I actually, I love this. Um, I know that uh, I don't want to go on too long, but this is great, Mike. And this is the biggest thing that COVID may have taken from us in some regards. But it's also what I think Twitter is so great for. So if you're listening and you're not on Twitter, whether it's you're a little bit older, you already have too many social networks, you hate Facebook, which I agree with. I do love it because the poll is an example of how this is what the ho- this is the best part of the hobby to me. Yeah, I made some money this year selling card savers, you know, not to mention, you know, whether it's tops now or, you know, whatever, whatever else we've sold this year, um, project 2020. Yes. I've made some money doing that, but I was here before the money and I'll be here after the money because it's fun brainstorming out loud with you differences of opinion and differences of perspective getting a little insight I didn't have before and hopefully having my insight heard a little bit by someone that maybe hasn't thought that way. 
I love it. So thank you, Mike, for having me come on to be able to share that with you. Because without the national this year, without card shows, without being able to walk into a card shop as easily, particularly where I'm at in Los Angeles, um, I really appreciate this. And also just as a message to those of you listening, um, join Mike and I on Twitter and participate in the conversations like this. Um, you know, this is the tone that I have in 98% of my online conversations. And that doesn't always come across online, but it really is like, hey, here's my perspective, but I want yours too. So that's what makes the hobby fun. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that the polls like this bring out, right? And especially when you ask that extra question of why, and you get to see people's thought process and you may agree, you may disagree, but you got to see a lot of well-reasoned, thought-out responses. And you get to better understand the other people that we're in this hobby with and the angle that they come from or the perspective that they come from. And so having a, a poll like this and getting to read 60, 70 responses on why they feel the way that they do, that's the type of thing that I really enjoy. And I know that, that you do too, Ivan. And so I hope to be able to do more things like this. And this is one of the things I would encourage all of you to participate in as well, because, you know, it's, it's not like this matters. It's not like this is like a definitive thing that decisions are going to be made in the future on, <laughs> but we all get to have fun, just kind of brainstorming different thoughts and sharing our perspectives. And that's one of the things that this hobby is all about. We all collect for different reasons. We all have our different um, preferences when it comes to the types of cards or the types of things we collect. And that's what makes the hobby great. And so thank you for participating in the poll. And thank you, Ivan, for joining me to, to talk a little bit about the pros and cons of owning a company in the hobby. My absolute pleasure, Mike. Uh, I was uh, blessed when you reached out and asked me, and I'm really happy that we could have this time together in the middle of a Tuesday. It's great. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope that challenged you to think a little bit more critically about this topic. And even if it's just a fun exercise in daydreaming about what it might be like to own a business in this hobby world. One more reminder to check out Underdog Collectibles. I know this week they're going to be breaking Bowman Draft Prism football, one-in-one basketball, and probably a whole lot more. So check them out at udogcollect.com and search Underdog Collectibles on Facebook to find their Facebook group. I'd also love for you to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. Those reviews really help other people find the show. We're still pushing towards that goal that I set back at the beginning of the year to get to a 1,000 listeners uh, per episode, and we're not quite there yet. We're in that 900 or so range now, and so any help that you can give me if you like the show to tell your friends and help them find the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute would be greatly appreciated. Well, that's all I've got for you today, so until next time, keep on collecting.